welcome to the Better Birth Podcast with Erin Fung, hypnobirthing instructor. Join me as I talk to industry experts about all things birth, pregnancy and beyond. So welcome to our Q&A session with Georgina Corley-Cadogan and myself. Um, We're going to be talking about postnatal nutrition. Um, I'm not going to introduce myself because, um, Hayley, you know who I am. (laughs) Um, But um, I can uh, introduce Georgina. So Georgina's um, uh, worked uh, in the food industry for over 15 years and she is a fully qualified nutritional therapist. Um, Georgian, do you want to speak a little bit about yourself before we kick off? Yeah, no problem. Thanks very much for inviting me along again. Um, As Erin said, I'm a registered nutritional therapist and I live locally in Bromley but have moved my clinic online now as a lot of people have. I specialize in women's health, um, particularly more into the area of perimenopause, but I also um, obviously see women um, at all stages in life as well. Um, I have three children of my own, um, age nine, six and three, got that right, and had three very different journeys in order to actually conceive in the first place and three very different pregnancies pregnancies and births as well so I hope I can bring you some knowledge this evening on uh, postnatal nutrition. Thanks Georgina. Um, so Hayley you submitted some questions beforehand didn't you? Do you? I don't know if you do you want to ask can you remember what you wanted to ask or do you want me to ask them? On the, I've got them here written down. You're welcome. If you can read out the first one because I can't yeah. remember all that I Okay, so um, <laughs> Haley uh, wanted to know, she's been taking BioCare Methyl Pregnancy multi-nutrient throughout pregnancy, and she wanted to know if it was preferable to swap to a multivitamin aimed specifically for postnatal and breastfeeding, or to kin- continue with the ones that she is currently on, or do something else completely different. Um, so the BioCare one, that's absolutely fine to continue um postnatally um it's it's all it's balanced for pregnancy and uh, postpartum um it's a really good source of b vitamins actually that that biocare complex as well um but if you wanted to move over to something that was a little bit more tailored to support breastfeeding there are some supplements out there that um you could switch over to um afterwards i certainly wouldn't throw the biocare away once you have the baby continue on it and then and then switch once you finish the tub so it's perfectly safe to take um, postnatally. Um, one of the nice ones is wild nutrition uh, breastfeeding complex because it has some nutrients in there that will support the production of breast milk um, as well and it will also have the key nutrients to help support uh, postnatal healing too. So that's wild nutrition um, breastfeeding complex. I'm not sure if you want, I mean, I can chat now about um, other supplements that are, are quite essential postnatally if you want, and we can have a little discussion on that. Um, because so the, bio, the BioCare one obviously has your B vitamins in it, but if we were to just pick, say, a few vitamins that we would focus on, because I think, Kayleigh, you were asking if, you know, because obviously those BioCare, the BioCare and Wild Nutrition, all of these complexes are quite expensive, um, but that's because they contain... Uh, number one, they have a redu- they reduced 
um, fillers and artificial additives. So the cheaper ones that you might get over the counter in general pharmacies tend to have a lot of fillers in them. So the more expensive kind, like of these, what we call nutraceutical brands, um, BioCare, Wild Nutrition, um, there's various ones, Cytoplan is another one, and they don't contain all of these fillers. Um, they also contain nutrients that are in the, um, a more active form that make it easier to absorb as well which again makes them a bit more expensive um, and usually they're a little bit higher dose they're a higher dose level as well um, so if we were to just look at literally the, the bare essentials for postnatal alongside a balanced diet which obviously we're going to discuss anyway um, I would definitely go with vitamin D at an absolute minimum um, particularly at this time of year. Um, it supports um, healing, it supports immune system, it supports mood, um, particularly postnatally as well, which is absolutely essential. Um, in an ideal world, we'll all have had our vitamin D levels checked and we'll know what levels we were, we are, so that we can then dose accordingly, but um, we, we can't all get that done, particularly at the moment with restrictions and GP surgeries. Um, so I would be aiming to take around about the 2000 I use a day. I mean, everyone is very different in their needs for vitamin D. So it is worth knowing that, but if you can get in around the 2000 I use a day, um, that would be optimal post, um, postnatally. Um, second one are omega-3s. So omega-3s are um, essential fatty acids that are found in oily fish. Um, and other complex other um, foods such as nuts and seeds as well but postnatally I would say these are absolutely essential and I would I would I, I would recommend them in supplement form um, you've gone through a lot with a, with a pregnancy and then with a, a birth as well regardless of whether it's c-section or delivery the body's gone through quite a bit and will require healing um, and also emotionally emotional support as well so omega-3s are fantastic for brain function as well um, so there's a nice one that it was previously called uh, Bump and Glory. Check what that's called now because they've changed their name. Um, oh, it's now called Mums and Bumps. <laughs> so that's the fish oils, Mums and Bumps, uh, or Opti Three is the vegan version of that. So I would say that was uh, that's that's essential. And then a good probiotic postnatally as well. Um, again, for overall healing, immune strength as well. Um, a good brand for that is the Probiotic Proven uh, for pregnancy, P-R-O-V-E-N. And it's specifically for pregnancy and can be taken postnatally as well. So if we were just going to take, if we weren't going to take a complex and we we're going to rely on a, a balanced diet, I would take those three supplements and, and a complex as well, if you can, um, in the first few months postnatally too. And then we can go into more detail on the, the diet side of things. You mentioned about checking levels of vitamin D. Is vitamin D a vitamin that you can overdose or you can have too much of? Um, the levels, it's, it's the, the jury sort of out on what is toxicity when it comes to vitamin D. Mm -hmm. um, some people lack um, a gene that helps to um, convert vitamin D into the active form. So we don't, without doing a genetic test, we don't know. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why ideally, um, a blood test will tell you what your levels are now. This time of year is an ideal time to um, get your vitamin D levels checked because um, you've come out of the summer months, your levels will be at their op the, the highest they're going to be in the summer because obviously the sun is the key mm -hmm. source of vitamin D. So they're going to be at the highest that they're going to be in this, in this year. And then you can dose accordingly. Um, the NHS are now recommending that we take vitamin D 
all through the year. It used to be just from the months of October to March, April, but now they're saying because of COVID, everyone should take vitamin D throughout the year. Um, they're recommending 300 IUs, but from a optimum health perspective, we recommend higher dosing. So some people can take 6,000 IUs a day and still their blood results will still come out average. Mm -hmm. It just very much depended on what's going on with that, in, that individual. Okay, thank you. Hayley, did you have another question or do you want me to read some more out? Um, if it fits in, I think the only other question was just being vegan, just general nutrition and, and diet. I don't want to miss out on anything. Um, what should I be eating? How should I be eating for some breastfeeding and, and post-birth purposes? Um, so B12 and iron would be your key nutrients from a, um, and to a certain extent, vitamin D as well, from a vegan point of view. Um, you know, again, ideally we want to test <laughs> to see where you are with iron and B12, and um, because B12 storage can, you can actually have reserves of 12 months worth of B12 um, in your system. So it's, it is really worth testing. Um, but rather than just going straight to supplement side, optimizing the diet, um, is not going to do any harm in supporting, you're not going to overdose on B12 and iron through, through the diet. Um, I would definitely recommend something along the lines of nutritional yeast for B12 source. So um, I don't know if you've tried this before, I can give you uh, the brand name that uh, you can just, you can just buy it in, in supermarkets. Um, Engevita, E-N-G-E-V-I-T-A. And they're just like, um, they're basically nutritional yeast flakes and they're rich in vitamin B12. They make an amazing cheese sauce. They're great. They're so versatile and it's almost like, um, it's almost like breadcrumbs. You can nearly, you know, coat things like tofu. It's really, really nice with tofu mm. because it feels as if you've breadcrumbed them, but actually it's, it's nutritional yeast and it comes with, you know, the added vitamin B12, which is, is definitely important from a vegan point of view because B12 is predominantly found in animal products. Lots of Marmite. <laughs> yeah, it's just the only thing of that, the only risk of that is the salt levels, obviously with the Marmite side of things. And um, iron is your, you know, your green leafy veg. I think postnatally you would benefit from a supplement, you know, so that's my, why keeping on maybe the BioCare would be a good idea or looking at that wild nutrition breastfeeding complex. Just just to tide you over that few months and then you could you could get an up-to-date test you know from the gp you, you know if you explain the fact that you're vegan um you know at the moment i find the gps are just referring people for blood tests so you don't have to go into the gp surgery and then you know your baseline and then you can you know supplement accordingly Excellent. but um green you know from an iron point of view green leafy veg um you know if you like spinach and kale and broccoli sort of things just really keeping you know making sure you're getting that you know a couple of times a day if you can into your you know lunch and dinner um you know would be optimum definitely and even from a um a breastfeeding point of view and postpartum healing it, you know it's essential let alone you know vegan as well put vegan into the equation so brilliant thank you so much no problem um, I've got a couple of questions I was going to ask, um, which yeah. really you might find um, useful to, to know the answers to anyway. Um, so after you, after you give birth, obviously you've got a newborn and time's quite 
limited. Um, so what do you um, suggest in terms of getting a balanced meal with limited time to prep? So um, I was just thinking about this earlier. If you ha can, um, if there's one kitchen utensil that you were willing to purchase, it would be a slow cooker. I would suggest a slow cooker because particularly at this time of year, it's fantastic for casseroles and soups. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about the slow cooker is that it, you know you could make a batch cook at the weekend and freeze it into portions um you know if your partner's around at the weekend or you've got additional help at the weekend then you could you know put all you know put that to good use um you can prep the slow cooker the night before um and put it in the put the, the container in the fridge and then put it into the slow cooker the next day and there the one i have is only about um i think it was one of the cheaper ones it's about 25 pounds it's still seven years old now and it's still going strong i use it very very regularly um, so from that side of things I think just the prep so having food in the freezer um, in in portion sizes so that you can just take them out um, and you know they're ready to go so you're not rely you're not you're not getting to a point where you're absolutely ravenous and then reaching for anything that's available um, if financially you can um, go for a veg box I think that's really useful as well so the veg is there it's delivered once a week and um, you're, you're getting a great variety of different veg um, in a veg box so you're not just you know we, we typically creatures of habit will go for the same veg um, you know every every week so with the veg box you're getting something different so you're getting that array of antioxidants which are all you know healing properties as well mm. um, snack wise at the weekend you could um, hard boil say 12 eggs They'll keep in the freezer for for seven days so you can just keep them there they're great for snacks so just you know a couple of eggs even with some oat cakes and um, something you can eat with one hand when you're carrying a baby is is perfect um while, while someone's making dinner at the weekend they could roast um even some squash um and that chopped up into a salad with um some lentils um again from a vegan point of view the lentils are a great source of iron too um, a brand that I often recommend is the Merchant Gourmet brand. Um, it's not ideal because it's been pre-cooked, it's in a plastic pouch, but for postnatal, I, I just think it's fantastic because all you do is just, you know, reheat it whichever way you want. The pouch will, um, you know, keep in the fridge again for the next day for your lunch. So they also do a range of couscous and quinoa as well. So stocking up on that sort of food whilst it's sort of convenience food but it's also on the healthier end as well um and you know it's great a great addition to you know a huge amount of meals as well so i would say batching at the weekend sweet potatoes baked potatoes anything like that that can be added to a quick meal and you have the base then in the freezer from the slow cooker as well thank you um which foods um, would you recommend if, they, if they've experienced a lot of blood loss um, during childbirth and the, it, you know, for, for iron levels and, and that kind of thing? Um, from, well, I, yeah, I would, again, going back to the iron-rich foods, ideally a supplement, I think, in, you know, in one of the complexes that I mentioned. But um, green leafy veg like spinach, kale... Um, you've got your lentils are high in, in iron, um, non-vegan, unfortunately, but beef, chicken and fish. Um, kidney beans are a great one, great one for vegans as well. So they're mm -hmm. high in iron. Um, not drinking, we discussed this actually in our previous uh, video, but not 
drinking too much tea because tea is is high in tannins which affect the absorption of iron so you might be taking insufficient iron but then the tea um, is restricting the absorption um, with regard to blood loss and just overall healing um, and it's probably not something you want to really be cooking postnatally but bone broth is is a great um, a great great um, soup base and gravy base and bolognese base that can be kept in the freezer um, again it's it's time consuming so the slow cooker is brilliant from this point of view but it's rich in gelatine and in collagen which is fantastic for healing postpartum healing whether it was you know say for example a c-section or um, a tear or even blood loss again um, it's a fantastic healing product you can buy bone broth already made or cado do bone broth um, which you can just pop in the freezer or if you're feeling ambitious now <laughs> with only a week to go you might not fancy it but um, the bone broth is brilliant for you know keeping in the freezer as a base even just drinking it um, unfortunately you're vegan though sorry so I've just realized I can't even recommend that <laughs> <laughs> um, anything that's rich in collagen so vitamin c helps um, with the production of collagen so the support of connective tissues the rebuilding of connective tissues so um i think in your orange your red peppers kiwis strawberries pineapples um even broccoli as well is high in vitamin c too so those sorts of foods will help with um the rebuilding of connective tissue as well okay and um, we um you mentioned about um breastfeeding is, is there any um foods or snacks i know when when i'm breastfeeding as particularly when my baby was quite young i was ravenous all the time and just wanting to snack all the time are there are there kind of snacks and foods that would be both healthy and help with the milk production um yeah you're right i mean it's quite normal for someone to feel absolutely ravenous um, in the early days or early few weeks and months even um, your body requires an extra 500 calories a day to produce breast milk so in those early days it's not a time for for dieting it's a time to be used to be taking in that extra 500 calories a day that you need to produce um, breast milk so you know not not reaching for the chocolate bar and the crisps and things like that because they're not going to come with any you know nutritional value but um, putting together a trail mix so just a Tupperware box and filling it with pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, any nuts of your choice, um, some goji berries in there for antioxidants. They can get those in, in Holland or Barrett or any mm -hmm. health food stores. Um, cow cow nibs are quite nice in there for a bit of indulgence and just any of those dried, not too many um, you know, raisins or dried fruit because of the sugar content, but any of those nuts will all bring those properties um that are needed for um breast milk production but also are an ideal snack because you can just eat them with one hand and carry the box around with you and they also contain omega-3s which is great from um, postnatal health point of view um some particular foods that are needed to support breastfeeding um the type the food is actually called a galactagogue are the foods that are that promote um breast milk production which is you know all you have to do is Google Galacticogs, 101 foods come up, but um, oats, porridge oats. So again, you know, when you're breastfeeding, who cares if you're having a bowl of porridge at seven o'clock in the evening? No one cares. <laughs> so, you know, get the porridge oats. Um, what other foods are there? So, um, so fennel seeds, some people are okay with fennel seeds. You can chew, you know, chew them. Um, fennel tea, 
um, is quite a nice one to have. Um, sesame seeds are, are a galactagogue, so you could put the sesame seeds into the trail mix that you're mixing up and, and keeping for snacks. Um, mm. Ginger, so ginger tea. Uh, fenugreek um, is, is a, one of the probably best known galactagogues, and there's quite a few teas that contain fenugreek as well. Um, some of the brands of teas I have here are uh, Mother's Milk Tea, it's one of the ones that I've used, nursing tea. Um, it was one I, I actually got last time myself three years ago was booby smoothies, which I bought online from company and they, I found that them to be very beneficial. And then if you fancy doing it a bit of baking or, you know, if you can get your partner or family <laughs> to do it for you. And um, there's quite a few lactation cookie recipes online that are really tasty. So they'll have your sesame seeds and your oats and ginger and things in it so you can snack on those um, during the day as well in between in between meals but it's making sure that you keep that um you know it's not a time for crash diets you know you need to keep that calorie intake up so that's you know making sure you get your nuts and seeds in your in your snacks definitely having your three meals a day and then you know um snacks in between if, if you feel you need it with them, um, so I've I'm I was taking brewer's yeast to help with my milk production. Is it is it is it specifically brewer's yeast? Would the would the nutritional yeast have the same kind of effect, or is it a, a specific type of yeast that helps with milk production? No, I think it's the brewer's yeast is this um, the strain. So it's um I think it's Saccharomyces whoever say is the um is the brewer's yeast. It's a different strain. So it's um. Yeah. Yeah, there's different strains out there. So you, again, you can add the brewer's yeast. I'm not sure how you were taking it, but you could add it into any of those cookies, mm. whether, you know, you could, it, it comes in powdered form anyway. So you could, I'm not sure how you were, were you taking it in? Those tablets. I was oh, in a tablet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's quite a few different um, brands out there. Again, I think the fenugreek is quite popular, but the research shows you have to take quite high dosages mm. to, for it to work, so. Again, not going into so much detail now, but obviously it's the frequent feeding and, you know, that produces the, yeah. you know, keep feeding, keep, you know, but that's another discussion for now. I'm sure you've got yeah. breastfeeding um, specialists who can yeah. talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, I took, I took fenugreek with my second. The only reason I didn't, the only reason I tried the brewer's yeast instead of the fenugreek this time round was because the fenugreek just made me stink. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it just comes out of your pores like you just yeah any greek really really strongly so i thought i'd try the brewer's yeast this time instead because it didn't have the, the smell um but they both worked they both and they both work they seem to work fine um yeah oh that's good yeah as well as drinking lots of water the water is essential yeah and it's the you know you do feel very very thirsty breastfeeding mm. so it's keeping that water intake up and water also helps um prevent constipation as well which is something that a lot of women suffer with after giving birth so yeah water is fantastic yeah yeah I, I have a, a large bottle of water with me all the time I before I had before I breastfed I I was awful of drinking water I never used to drink any water I lived off tea and coffee and I probably that was literally <laughs> the only things that I drank but I go through bottles of water now that I'm breastfeeding because I'm just thirsty all the time because you do need quite a lot of water yeah to you definitely milk. yeah 
And also I wouldn't go down any route of intermittent fasting or anything like that um, for at least six months after having a baby. I know it's, you know, there's a lot of research into intermittent fasting and the health benefits, um, you know, even 12 hours overnight fasting. I wouldn't go down any of those routes, breastfeeding. I think you need your regular meals, your regular nutrients without big gaps and blood sugar control when breastfeeding is really important too. So um, having those healthy snacks between meals so that your blood sugar doesn't drop um, and you start craving, well, number one, you start craving the foods that, you know, aren't going to give you any benefit, but number two could impact your milk supply as well. Are there any kind of, apart from the trail mix, this is, this is for me, like selfishly, because I, I, I'm still breastfeeding. Uh, my son's um, 16 months now and I've lost all of my baby weight and extra. And I think it's because of the breastfeeding combined of having to walk with him for two hours every day to get him to, to nap. Has <laughs> just, I think my, my, my calorie intake is probably just not high enough and I physically just can't seem to eat enough to keep, to get my weight back up again. So is there anything that you would suggest sort of nutritionally for snacks and things that would be healthy, but also kind of high in calories? Um, we're looking into things like avocado, avocado on, on a sourdough toast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good source of fat, but it will, you know, it'll contribute extra fat to your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the nuts, the nuts and seeds side, side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, what you really want to do is just increase, you know, at each meal, increase your, your volume if you can. Yeah. Um, um, you know, looking at additional portions of not so much the protein side of things, but, you know, the, the, the carb side of things, mm-hmm. making sure you're getting sufficient carbs in your in your meal as well. Not necessarily going down the saturated fat route, but just looking at, you know, the, the quantity of which you're eating as well. Yeah. It could be, you know, you might not be even eating enough at each meal, you know, when you actually look at the, the plate and the volume of, of each component on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say having the snacks in between almond butter, um, if you like any of those, you know, the yeah. Meridian products, they're nice mm-hmm. um, on a few oat cakes or again, some nice toasted, toasted rye bread or, you know, something yeah. like that as a snack in between, just making sure you're getting those snacks. Because I think as well, when you're busy with kids, you know, you might not necessarily have the time for, for making, you know, snacks in between meals as well. So mm-hmm. that might be an option for you. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good idea. I might, my snacks tend to be uh, leftovers on the plates of my three children. <laughs> three children yeah <laughs> so like which isn't unusual finger or something rather than a proper snack so yeah, yeah yeah so have a look at yeah i like those meridian products and that's another one for um actually um a handy snack when breastfeeding as well mm. um because there's there's no added sugar in those nut butters um yeah. and if you know if Haley isn't allergic to nuts and being vegan as well it's it's a good option mm. I, I, the early stages after, after my son was born, I ate, um, quite a lot of, um, oat cakes, the ones with the raisins and seeds in them, they oh, were yeah, yeah. all individually packed. So I used to have like two or three of those in my bag or in the nappy bag at all times. Yeah. Kind of snack on. They were quite, they were quite, yeah, good. they're quite nice. Those ones actually. Yeah. yeah. And they do them in gluten free range as well for anyone who's celiac. The Nairns brand is quite nice. Yeah, quite tasty for because sometimes the gluten free brands, you know, not that tasty. Mm. Well. Ellie, did you have any other questions that you you'd like to ask? Um, I've, I've been past this. <laughs> 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 we can be I don't know if 
Yeah. It's, this is the one that keeps but it is. Yeah, no. Um, hi, Erin. <laughs> hi, um, Biocare and a few other people do um, probiotics for babies. And they talk about actually adding this into um, breast milk when breastfeeding and all sorts of things like that. Is there much value to that? Um, it depends on whether you're right. They do. They do the, the um, biocare, do them and up to back, do a baby, a baby one as well, which is a nice one. Um, it just depends on the birth and the delivery. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it unless the baby's um, had, a, you know, which hopefully won't, you know, a traumatic birth or there's been antibiotics administered mm. or if they've spent some time in, you know, the special care baby unit or, um, you know, have been separated from mum and dad at all I wouldn't necessarily say that you need them okay um, at that early stage that makes sense. Um, the best way to build up a baby's microbiome is through breastfeeding and skin-to-skin -skin contact anyway so just allowing the baby to to nuzzle onto your skin even dad's skin um, that is the best way of building up a baby's microbiome from an early stage so I wouldn't say it's necessary and having said that I, I you know I've already recommended that from, for a new mum, probiotics are um, good and some, you know, it's for, they're beneficial from the early stages. So some of those probiotics will go through to the breast milk yeah. anyway yeah. as well. That's what so. I thought. Yeah. Thank you. That's very good. If you were looking for one, then yes, the, op, the BioCare do one. Um, the only thing is you have to measure that out with a little spoon, mm. the BioCare one. The, the Optibac do one for um, mum and baby um, and they come in a sachet, which is a little bit easier to mix. Um, there, so, there, yeah, is one, there is one brand that I, the only reason that I gave my first probiotics is because she had really bad silent reflux and it was recommended to give her some probiotics. But you, that, the ones that I can't remember the name of them now, but the one that I used came in dropper form. So if you're, okay, if you're yeah. breastfeeding, um, it's suspended in, I think, uh, oil, some sunflower oil, I think, but it's easier to use for breastfeeding because you just literally put a couple of drops of the probiotics on your nipple and then latch baby on and they get it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought you'd need it unless there was an issue. Did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask? No, I'm good, I think. No, I don't think so. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover, Georgina, that I haven't asked about? Um, we were speaking generally of general postnatal nutrition. Um, <laughs> again, we discussed the, the supplement side of things, which is always worthwhile, I think, after after having a baby, just from having carried a baby for, you know, nine, ten months and then a delivery and and the added um, responsibility, tiredness, etc. I think that a, a good supplement is, is really worthwhile. But a, a balanced diet, um, you know, making sure that your your plate is made up of a good complex carb. So that is a sweet potato, some quinoa, couscous. Um, brown rice, brown um, pa you know, wholemeal pasta. So not looking at any of the refined carbs, like the white bread, white pasta that are going to cause your blood sugar to, to fluctuate. Um, so that's number one on the plate, a good complex carb, a good source of protein, because protein helps with building, um, building back and regenerating cells and regenerating um, connective tissue, etc. So good source of protein um, from the vegan side of things, so getting your lentils in, chickpeas, kidney beans, um, tofu. There's some, there are some really nice tofu recipes out there. I know some people don't like tofu too much, but there's some you know, really nice recipes with that nutritional yeast. So good 
good um, portion of protein um, and then your um, array of fruit and veg. So again, we, we talk about the rainbow, eating the rainbow, and that's for a reason because each one of those uh, fruits and veg will bring a different antioxidant to the diet and we need that from a healing point of view. So things like your beetroot, um, your red peppers, yellow peppers, orange peppers, just really getting that, that variety into a meal will help with um, that, that healing process. Um, and um, unfortunately in Haley's case, not the bone broth, but anything like the bone broth um, will be fantastic from healing, the healing side of things as well. And making sure that you get that green leafy veg, the spinach, the broccoli, the chard, the kale in as much as possible. Um, we spoke about the slow cooker side of things. If um, anyone's in a position to buy another gadget or they have something like a Nutribullet or a blender, um, they're fantastic for making smoothies and um, just getting nice variety of veg into the diet and very quickly. So if you're, you know, you need to have something quick while you're feeding the baby, then you know you can get the banana, you can get some spinach, coconut water, um, some sort of protein source in there. So be it almond butter, peanut butter, um, hemp seeds are great, and just really getting a variety into that so that you can you know it's an easy it's an easy win when it comes to getting in that that nice variety of fruit and veg as well. So that's if I'm going to recommend two gadgets for the kitchen, it's a slow cooker and some sort of blender or um, Nutribullet style. Um, I, I use my Nutribullet and my slow cooker massively at home. Um, it, they, they really, really, uh, yeah, I'd also really recommend. Nutribullet's really brilliant because if you end up with a fussy eater, my you can blend it all day. Yeah. Every single, she won't eat breakfast, so every morning I blend her a smoothie with a banana in it and she drinks that and at least I know then that she's had breakfast every morning. So it will get used if you get a blender, trust me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, as well, yeah. Yeah, they're my two gadgets, definitely, for the kitchen. Yeah. Um, other things that you can add to foods that will help with healing as well are things like ginger and turmeric. You can also add that into your smoothie, um, just with turmeric being a little bit cautious because it can flavour breast milk a little bit and, and might cause a little bit of aversion for the baby. But um the ginger certainly will it, you know it's anti-inflammatory so it will help with healing um healing as well so um they're quite a useful one to add into to a smoothie too and things like overnight oats are great <clears throat> excuse me um from a breakfast point of view because you know in the evening they can be prepped the night before and then you just need to reheat it you don't need to do anything else and again you can really balance the overnight oats so you can have you've got your oats which will support um breast milk production um I'd say a teaspoon of cinnamon, which is really good for blood sugar control um, some sort of protein source. So a tablespoon of nut butter or flax seeds. Again, flax seeds are brilliant from um, omega-3 as an omega-3 source, um, ground flax seed and some frozen berries. So again, from a convenience point of view, frozen berries, frozen fruit, perfect to keep in the freezer and add to smoothies and porridge as well. So you're still getting your antioxidants, but you don't have to worry about them going off in the fridge. So forgetting about them <laughs> so i think that i i don't think i had anything else i wanted to add i think I, we covered um most yeah we covered the supplement side of things as well didn't we yeah, yeah. with the with frozen fruit and veg uh, do you uh, it, are the nutritional benefits of like a frozen vegetables as good as or better than fresh because because i was just thinking because i i buy quite a lot of frozen vegetables 
um, and then use them either in the slow cooker um, for my stews and things or shove them into smoothies. But I'm never sure if I should be using fresh instead for like the vitamins and things. Um, it depends on which vitamins. So um, a lot of places with freezing, they're, the, they're frozen quite quickly after they're picked because otherwise the, the shelf life isn't there. So you are retaining a lot of the antioxidants by, by freezing them. Um, things like vitamin C, if you're going to be cooking it for long periods, you will lose the vitamin C. Um, and certain amount of folate gets lost as well. Um, so things like steaming, you know, generally better for retaining the folate mm -hmm. um, rather than boiling. Um, because it'll get lost in the water um, but overall I would say the majority of the antioxidants are still there and frozen it's it's trying to get a balance between frozen and fresh you know so yeah. but I would I would uh, you know definitely suggest that frozen is is, is as good enough you know an option and the thing is it's convenient so you know there's more chance of us actually using it yeah and then um, you mentioned about the vitamins disappearing into the boil the water when you boil the vegetables there's one thing my, my mum used to always make me do is drink the I drink the water drink the water is, is is there a benefit are the vitamins actually still in the water if you drink the water are you getting those nutrients or is that like an um, old wife's health it's just well I would suggest that steaming is just generally better because and, yeah. and not and not over over steaming you know veg can be al dente it doesn't have to be you know steamed to mm within an inch of its life yeah. so um just generally i mean a lot of people make gravy out of the water from the steamer so that mm -hmm. sort of thing is useful to do mm -hmm. um, there probably is some benefit to drinking the, the boiled water yeah if you can if you can stomach it yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a lot of these old wives tales were actually um you know pretty good it, yeah, <laughs> they're all based on something some, yeah some re some truth in it yeah yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to ask Amy? I don't think there is actually um the only sort of the question that I don't know maybe would have been more appropriate for the sort of pregnancy one is it is partly related to the biocare nutrients as well because um I was really worried because obviously we're already told not to have too much vitamin A and don't eat this, don't eat that. Um, but those in particular do have an amount in them. How much sort of should we be having? How much should we be supplementing? And what's the sort of danger level? Because I've sort of read various things about vitamin A where the sort of level is where it becomes dangerous or, you know, bad. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, so they do recommend you don't have things like liver or you have, you know, liver during pregnancy because of the vitamin A levels. But again, it's um, they're now realizing that quite a high percentage of population are born with a gene that affects the absorption of vitamin A in its active form. Um, so there, there's more and more research coming out about it, vitamin A and, the, and whether or not the risks you know, associated with it are as strong as what was believed, say, 10, 15 years ago. Um, there isn't a huge amount in the the preg you know the pregnancy supplements anyway. So I, I I certainly wouldn't go out and take a vitamin A supplement on its own um, in pregnancy and avoiding well you know in your case you weren't going to be eating liver anyway in pregnancy but avoiding too much liver in pregnancy as well. Um, but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't worry too much about taking that in sub you know in a in a complex form. 
no problem. If you don't have any other questions, then I think we'll wrap up now. But thank you so much, Georgina. <coughs> really, really, really interesting. I've I've definitely got some ideas of things that I'm going <laughs> to add to my food shopping <laughs> next time. I do food shopping. <laughs> <No problem>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. And Bye. all the best, Hayley. Best of luck. Thank you so much. <laughs> the Better Birth podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung. <laughs>